after a number of calls that calmed my imposter syndrome, and now I have the confidence, but I could tell you like it happened in every project when I wrote the book. Who am I now? Now I'm an author. And so I'm going to tell to the world that I'm an author. Yeah. And so going from imposter syndrome feeling to the confidence in it is a matter of reps. It is really like getting in, like it brings me back to the first time I went to the gym. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do it. You know, you go to the gym a hundred times or a thousand times and you go, hey, it's just part of me and I can't turn it off. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Mike Fada, and Mike and I connected through a YPO group chat. Now, for those of you who don't know what YPO is, you can Google it. It's called Young Presidents Organization, and my husband has been a member for the last five or six years. Well, Mike's been a member for the last 15 years, and Mike is also a podcast host. His podcast is called Founder to Mentor. Mike has been both of those. He has been the founder of a company called Harvest Hemp Foods, which sold back in 2019 for over $419 million. Here's the best part. Mike has had two other nine-figure exits in business. Today was such a gift getting to talk to a gentleman who has had so much business success, but you are going to get so much from today's episode. You're going to hear how he started. You're going to hear about his passions, his confidence, and the decisions along the way. And you'll probably learn that, you know what? Mike still, after three nine-figure business exits, Mike still has some imposter syndrome. If you are anyone who has Uh, any entrepreneurial bone in your body, perhaps you're starting a company, perhaps you're in the middle of it, you're going to get a ton out of today's episode. Mike has multiple free resources for entrepreneurs. It is just such a treat to have been able to talk to Mike today. You guys, please be sure to go follow him. He's most active over on LinkedIn. You can check out his website. You can buy his book. I enjoyed the conversation so, so much. Here is my interview with nine-figure, three-time exit founder, Mike Fatta. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the episode. Today, I am joined by a new friend of mine. Mike Fatta is joining me. And Mike has an absolutely incredible story. And how we connected was through YPO. So I don't talk about YPO a ton on this podcast, but my husband's been a member of YPO for many years. And I was just jumping in one of the networking communities that YPO has. Mike and I connected and he reached out about the podcast. I've done a little bit of research on Mike and Mike, your story is pretty incredible. And I'm excited to have you here today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, thanks for having me. 
Of course. Absolutely. So for those of you uh, who don't know, Mike, Mike, I'd love for you to kind of introduce yourself. I think your story is truly incredible how you went from where you are to where you are today. So I'd love for you to just kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself and then we can go from there. Yeah. Um, I'm a Canadian. Uh, I grew up in Manitoba, uh, right in the, uh, the heart of the Midwest and grew up with a single mom and we were pretty poor. Um, and for a number of reasons, I decided to uh, leave school early uh, and, and so I never finished high school. Um, I was an overweight, nerdy kid and uh, fell prey to fast food and found myself when I was 18 years old, weighing 300 pounds. I was just sick and tired all the time and, and really unhappy. And so I decided one day to do something about it and went on a weight loss journey, which turned into a full health journey, which led me to founding Manitoba Harvest, a health food company uh, focusing on hemp seed and hemp seed foods. And then over the last uh, 20 years, we grew that business to nine figures and then had a couple of successful exits. And, uh, and now I'm in kind of Mike 2.0 phase. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely get to Mike 2.0, but let's definitely talk about Mike 1.0 first, because I think that it's so like, obviously there's a few things along the journey. Number one, um, you know, growing up with a single mother and dropping out of high school, you know, I think nowadays, and I don't know where you stand on this, but nowadays, you know, I actually am a big proponent of, you know, don't go to school and spend tens of thousands of dollars on something that you don't even know that you actually want to do. You know, I think in Canada, we have, obviously now I'm based in the U S and where I live, everyone is like, not going to university is like foreign. Like, what the hell do you mean? I'm not going to send my kids to university type of thing. And, you know, I took up three years between high school and college. And I think that was more kind of okay growing up in Canada. You know, I traveled, I learned to play golf and obviously it got me where I am today, but uh, I like the fact that you said you, you know, you dropped out, of, <laughs> dropped out of college and here we are, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars later. So it kind of worked out well for you, but obviously it was something that you had to do at the time. Are you a big proponent of kids going to school now? Or like, what's your, what's your thought on that as a father? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to learn and I'm not anti-school, um, yeah. but I, I'm probably in the camp of, uh, and I have been for a long time of, you know, you can go to a school and have all your professors in one place, or you could realize that life's about lifelong learning, seek out your professors in life, and they may not be in a typical school. And so uh, I do have, I'm a single dad uh, to two kids, and um, they've been homeschooled for the last five or six years. And then my daughter decided that she wanted to go back to school. So she's in school, my son's still homeschooled. Um, but I'm just teaching them some of the things that I've learned, which is really about, um you know, understanding what your passion is, what you enjoy doing. And then if you can align your work with your passion, uh, then, you know, you're unstoppable, right? You're just going to have a wonderful life. You're probably going to be successful. That's how I've created my success. And I've seen many others around me in that similar vein. And so, um, yeah, that, that, that none of that has to do with school, you know? Uh, but if, if, if you want to be obviously, uh, uh, a doctor or a lawyer or a number of professions, you need to go to school. You know, you want to be an entrepreneur. Most of the nine figure or, or wildly successful entrepreneurs that I that I've met didn't go to school. They got started working early. And that was my situation. I started working full time when I was 14. Um, and by the time my f- friends finished uh, or people that I knew finished university, yeah, I already had like eight years of work on them and, uh, and, and was successful in buying my first house and, and investing in my first business. And, uh, and I think that gave me the advantage. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. You're right. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you got to go to school. But otherwise, I think that there is like the school of hard knocks. You know, something we'll get into is uh, Mike's book, Grow. And one of the things in one of the posts that I was looking at, you said there's, you know, no, uh, no escaping the hard work. And I definitely feel like in the world that we exist in today, there's a lot of people that talk about like the, you know, non-working woo woo mentality. And so I'm, I'm here for the talk about the work, but let's go back to, you were, um, 18 years old, 300 pounds, and you decided you were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you took that first step to getting healthy. And that obviously led to what you were super passionate about, which was, you know, health and hemp and all of the things. So kind of talk about a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I uh, I was fortunate. My my brother's a couple of years older than me. He was always uh, he was he 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 was into fitness a little bit, uh, uh, you know, for what, in his teenage years. And so when I decided that I wanted to do something about my health, he he said, you know, I'll take you to the uh, to the gym and uh, and teach you what I know. And and uh, and so he was a good mentor and a support to, right off the bat. Um, um, and and I just started to put in the discipline of working out every day, which. You know, most people that have gone through something in their life where where they feel crappy and then and then and then they change things around and they start feeling better, like whether you drop a couple of pounds, you get a little more energy. It's pretty addictive. Like and uh, and so then I just I I, uh, I started studying health and uh, reading all these books on diet and nutrition and different exercises and and healing and cleansing the body and 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 other healing modalities and and just started experimenting and guinea pigging with myself and part of that journey I, I went on a no fat diet which was my kind of first uh um first diet changes uh, dr nathan pritikin and his materials back in the mid 1990s you know no fat if you don't eat fat you'll lose fat uh, yeah. you'll lose weight uh, which is a little bit true, but we've learned uh, and society's learned that you need essential fatty acids, those omegas, omega-3 and omega-6. And uh, so I went from a no-fat diet to learning about hemp and hemp seed, which is one of the best sources of essential fatty acids. And, and I thought, uh, hey, and, and it was just becoming legal in Canada. And I thought this is that, that the world's going to change uh, from the no-fat diet uh, to understanding that you need fat, the right types of fat, uh, because I did, and and yeah. and maybe other people are going to be confused, and and that was the catalyst to uh, to starting Manitoba Harvest. And I knew nothing about business. Um, I knew nothing about hemp and agriculture and food manufacturing and marketing. Uh, I just had a passion for health, and I was going down my health journey, and and uh, and it aligned my personal interests with business interests, and I I just started and uh, worked my butt off. Yeah. I actually want to like the whole premise of this podcast is deciding it's your turn. And the three things that I teach and the three things that I believe so strongly in are decision, faith, and action. Those are the three formulas for everything. It's like you made a true decision. You took a massive amount of action. And I don't know where you stand on the faith part. I don't care if it's God source, woo woo, whatever. But like you had to believe in something greater than yourself in order to kind of keep going when it's really freaking hard. But the first thing was like just the decision, right? So you made a decision that like you knew this was going to be big. You feel you felt like it was like, this was it. Hemp was going to be the thing because you fell in love with the belief of, you know, obviously like brain fats and healthy omegas and all of the things. How did you first start? Because I feel like everyone I've ever talked to, it's like, and tons of people nowadays, like, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people listening to this that 
they have an idea. They're super like they're so excited about it. They think it's going to work and yet they don't take any action on it because they, you know, don't know if it's going to work or they don't know what the first step to take is. So really like after you started to fall in love with the belief that like, okay, hemp is going to be where it's at. Like, I know I want to be a part of this. How did that first decision happen? Because I think that that's a big part that a lot of people are just like really scared to make. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, repurposing with pride. Uh, so taking some example yeah. you could take it, and, and we're living in a world where there's all these examples. So, you know, um, when I was a health food consumer, I was, and I learned about good fats, I, I started taking, um, flaxseed oil. Um, and, um, and so when I got the idea and, and I fell in love with hemp, I, I thought, oh, okay, we'll just make a hemp seed oil that's like the flaxseed oil. So I was inspired by the products that were already on the health food store shelves, and uh, and that gave me the uh, that gave, gave me the inspiration of. Um, uh, and some people say like copying. It's not copying because it's a, a different product, but yeah. I, that's why I love that repurposing, repurposing an idea and with pride, like, hey, we're going to take the best of that. And my mom, um, who worked for Shoppers Drug Mart in Canada, which you know, big yeah, uh, I know it. And uh, uh, so she was always, she was in retail and she helped me with the understanding of, well, okay, after you make a product, like how do you get it on the store shelves? Like how does this whole buying relationship work with stores? And and I started with the uh, the first health food store across the street from my mom's place and uh, convinced the store owner, Marvin, to, uh, to um, uh, buy hemp seed oil when he never wanted to do that in the first place, but I was a good customer of his. And so he kind of had no choice after I pestered him for, uh, for a number of weeks. And, um, and I didn't have, I think if I look back and here's the thing, like following my passion and, and I'm a big believer in people following their passion. If I went to school and I had an MBA and I, and I knew all about business, would I have got, would I have taken the risk to get into the hemp business in 1998? Probably not because it would have looked like it was impossible. You know, it just didn't make business sense. Better off to start some other kind of me too kind of business. Um, but I didn't have that. And I was just relying on, hey, I'm, I'm really into this. Uh, I like the product. I'm making it for myself first. Um, and, uh, and and if I like it, then I just got to find the other people uh, and, and, and build community that uh, that are also going to enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. Before we hit record on this podcast, I was telling Mike that I was listening to his podcast, Founder to Mentor. You guys should definitely check it out. And he recently had Tara Bosch on the show, and she is the founder of Smart Suites, which is now like, you know, a billion dollar company. And she talked about very similar things. She started with Popeye supplements and I think Superstore or something she said on your podcast. Funny enough, I actually know the founder of Popeye supplements. I've played golf with him for years in Edmonton. But anyway, oh, that's a side note. But that's exactly the same thing that she said she did to create, you know, this other billion dollar company. She just picked two stores and lucky enough, you know, it went across the country. And so one of the things that she talked about was the fact that like it was a stroke of luck along the way. Obviously, you know, I think it was Oprah's quote that said when hard work meets opportunity, that's really luck. Um, she had the stroke of, you know, the founder, I think of Whole Foods or something, catching a clip of her on on Fox News or something. What were some of the like, quote unquote, luck moments in your journey to creating this company? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like, you know, getting lucky, you know, because yeah, I was using <laughs> a sports analogy. You're like, hey, he got lucky and he scored a goal. Yeah. Well, you got to be in front of the net. You got to have the puck on your stick and you got to be, you got to be shooting shots, right? Exactly. Uh, Lucky, but uh, you know, there was a number of things that, uh, that just really aligned. Probably the biggest one 
um, was when we went into Costco. Uh, so 10 years into business, we were doing about $10 million in sales and, uh, and Costco phoned us and said like, Hey, we want to, we, we want to try the product out. And, uh, and, uh, but they wanted, we were launching hemp milk at that time. And, and they we want to put hemp milk into, into, and give you guys a test to see if it, it sells well in Costco. And I said, well, uh, hemp hearts was our, our flagship product like no we want to sell you hemp hearts okay well, well we'll do a test with hemp milk if you let us also test with hemp hearts and uh and so convince them to do that but it just so happened that right when that test was happening in the first couple of costco stores in winnipeg um, jim senegal the founder of costco was in winnipeg getting an award from the university of manitoba yeah the, the entrepreneurship center there gives these international awards and so they had this big gala celebration and uh and i was invited through uh ernst and young the accounting firm and one of the ey presidents from the local office said let me introduce you to the costco team uh and and i was like oh my god and so <laughs> you know i got introduced to the founder of costco and i said we're just testing in your in your stores and and he was like oh well you got to meet my vice president of purchasing and then the vice president i met the vice president of purchasing for costco canada and he's like oh you're gonna meet our and, and and instantly we became like known i guess and uh and we built a, a massive business with Costco. It, it was one of the it was it was really one of the ways that we got hemp out into the mainstream um, and and helped from year 10. We grew from 10 million dollars to 100 million dollars over like 10 years. And, and Costco was a big part of that. So like that one sticks out for for just being a massive lucky moment. You know, I had to be there and 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 the timing just all worked out like within days of, of launching with them. That is so cool. What a, what a great story. Yeah. I think it's just so amazing. Like I really do think that quote is just truly amazing. Like when hard work meets opportunity, that's really the stroke of luck. So fast forward, the company becomes like the massively, you know, hundreds of millions of dollar company that it is. You guys exited in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah, we sold the business in 2019. 2019 for $419 million you exited. And one of the things that I actually read and um, heard is that during that time, so those of you who are listening must just be thinking, okay, this is like the most incredible thing that's ever happened. You just exited for this massive amount. Your life's going to be amazing. But one of the things that you talked about that I do believe to be true, because obviously I've never been ever anywhere close to that, but there has been many times in my life where my life externally, and that's one of the reasons why I do what I do now and why this podcast even exists is because externally my life looked amazing. You know, I was making all this money. I was playing professional golf, modeling, doing all the things. Life looked awesome, but internally it wasn't so great. And so at the time of your exit, you did mention that, you know, there was a lot of things going on. You lost your mom, you were getting divorced, you know, there was a lot of things kind of happening in that time. And do you think that number one, can you touch a little bit on that of like how that all went down? And then do you think that that has affected, you know, your passion now for today for mentorship and all of the things that you do? Yeah. So I think, I've learned, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about the end of the ride. Um, they think, wow, I sell my company and uh, I'm going to have a lot of money and I'll be sitting on the beach drinking uh, margaritas or whatever, whatever that moment is for you. And uh, and some of that's true. Right. Um, you know, money can be life changing. But what I learned uh, the hard way is there's a grieving process. You know, after building a business for 20 years and having a team of over 200 people, 
um, I enjoyed doing that every day. And when we sold the business, um, uh, literally the next day, I, I wasn't welcome uh, to to walk around the company and talk to my team. And uh, the doors were closed; they were locked. Wow. Uh, the, the keys, the locks were changed. And um, but it just so happened that yeah, my my ex wife and I, after fifteen years, decided it was time to uh, separate and 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 become co parents to our our kids. And my mom died unexpectedly, and that all happened within weeks, like five weeks, six weeks. Um, and so I went into this triple grieving process where I, I didn't have, I didn't have anywhere to go during the day because I couldn't show up to my place of work. Um, I didn't have my kids, uh, every other week. And, uh, and so I was sitting at home alone and, uh, and, and, and my mom was, my mom passed and, uh, and I, I didn't, I couldn't even go see her. And so I just felt really tremendously lost, um, and, and really was struggling with the grieving, um, the triple grieving. And, um, and so uh, it kind of my capacity for life went down to zero. Uh, and I stayed at home and um, at least I had the um, experience of, of of focusing on my health. And so I did that and for months, like and I, I call it I went into monk mode because I, I stayed home and I I slept and I ate good and I worked out and, and I just was processing emotionally and and uh, and really trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And, you know, in my most helpless time when I felt helpless in the, in, in the grieving process, it came to me that I just want to be helpful. Uh, and I've learned from that. And, and I, I tell a lot of people this now that, you know, if you're feeling helpless, the best thing you could do is go help somebody else. Because if you're being helpful, there's no way that you could feel helpless. And so I started out, I thought, okay, well, what can I do? Well, I'm just going to help some other entrepreneurs and have conversations with them and understand where they're at in business and then let them know what I would do if I was in their situation or maybe introduce them to someone that could help them out or, you know, and then it, which led to some formal mentorship with a number of entrepreneurs, which led to investing and supporting entrepreneurs that are helping to make this world a healthier place. And then that's led to a number of what I would call mass mentorship tools and things that I've developed, you know, the podcast, the book, my newsletter, uh, our, our mass mentorship toolbox website to help other people. And so over the last now, you know, four years, I've had a major impact on helping a lot of entrepreneurs, which is the most selfless and selfish thing that I've ever done because it makes me feel so good. But the world sees, oh, and Mike just wants to help everybody out, which I do, um, but it's because it makes me feel really good. Okay. There's so much there. I totally agree with you. I actually did an Instagram video on that exact same thing a few weeks ago. I was just having like the world's shittiest day. And like anyone who follows me over in my community knows that like my neighbor is like, I'm looking at her house right now. She's like one of my favorite people ever. People always ask me like, who's my mentor? And her name is Joyce. She's 86 years old. She's fit as a fiddle. She gardens every day. She's the happiest person. She lost her husband, I think 20 something years ago. Um, just has a puppy like during the pandemic, she got a puppy because why not? You're 86 years old, like whatever. But she was having a really hard day getting like something that she didn't plant in her garden out. And I was just like, get out of your own shit, Christina, and go help her. And I swear to God, it was one of my favorite days. So I totally agree with you. Like when you're in those seasons, Hey, y'all, it's Christina. Just jumping in here for two quick seconds to first of all, say thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for 
being a subscriber or leaving us a five-star review or leaving us a comment or really thank you for copying that link and sending this episode to someone who may need it. It's how we get the podcast out. You know, there's no advertisements on this podcast and it's just how we get the message out from myself and my guests because This is really why I'm showing up each week is to help people decide it's their turn. And the second thing is I just wanted to let you know that every week I tell you, text me the word podcast or coach to 501-222-3362 or send me a message on Instagram. Both of those ways connect with me directly. And if you've ever had any questions about my one-on-one coaching, you know, on this podcast all the time, I talk about my clients and the results that they're getting. And perhaps you've thought to yourself, well, gosh, what does a coach even do? Or gosh, I need to level up and I need someone to help me get to that next level. If that's ever something that you have thought about, text me 501-222-3362. Ask me any questions. That is a direct connection to me. You guys, I show up, do this podcast, pay thousands of dollars each month to produce it because because I love it. I love serving my clients. I love serving you. And I'm so grateful that you're here. So thank you again for listening. If you've never connected with me, send me a text 501-222-3362. Just text me the word podcast or coach. You and I will talk back and forth and I'll be able to serve you in the capacity that I can, or we'll jump on a free clarity call to see if working with a coach is something that you need to get to the next level of life or business. You guys, I'm so grateful. Thank you for listening to the podcast and enjoy the rest of the episode. You know, my question to you is though, because I do feel like certain people, those are like, you know, you, you grew up in Canada. You know what I'm about to say? That's a TSN turning point. For those of you who don't know, when you grow up, I'm a sports buff. When you grow up in Canada, the sports network, we always said the TSN turning point, that was a TSN turning point for you. When you like, I mean, really that could have been a time in which a lot of people kind of go the opposite way. You know, I work in a field with high achievers, a lot of athletes, drugs, alcohol, addiction, you know, bad decisions can come when you're feeling like super lost. How did you decide in that moment that you were going to double down on your health and double down on service? Yeah, I I just, um, and not to say that I, I, uh, you know, I, I drink alcohol, Um, not to say that I was, I was, um, uh, not enjoying myself, uh, <laughs> but but, I'm, but because I've been to my rock bottom um, okay. now a couple times in life, but when I was 18, I kind of hit my first rock bottom uh, and felt what it's like to really feel shitty and and not want to feel that way. I've have I've created enough discipline over 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 my lifetime to know okay um, it, that's not going to make anything better. Just don't don't go down that rabbit hole yeah. and uh, and just focus on on health like that's the foundation of feeling good. Um, so I guess that that served me well. And I had even been leading up to the business sale. I had felt like you know being in my mid forties, maybe it was people call it the midlife crisis. I I I was already thinking like, well, you know, what's next for me if we do sell the business? I was trying to I, I was experimenting with that, and so I was doing um, uh, you know different workshops, uh, spiritual workshops, and and uh, emotional processing, and trying to heal some of my traumas from the past. I did the Hoffman uh, process. If you're familiar with that. Uh, and so I, I was I was already doing the work, which um, which serves me really well. Uh, and and again, like getting out and and helping and being in the community also served me because 
you know, I find that I'm my worst, but I think it's just a general statement that people are their worst when they're hiding in the corner and they're off, you know, by themselves. And so getting out and being with people, and especially when you're helping those people, but just being out in community uh, is a good way to, um, to be balanced and whole, you know, hiding and being your worst self. Yeah. One thing that Mike said, and I hope you guys noticed is that he created the discipline. He created the discipline in his life for the past 20 something years in order to understand that that was the number number one thing that was going to serve him the most in that capacity. And thank you for saying that, because I do think that like, you know, I don't know about you, but like over the years, people have said like, well, you're just, you know, you're just lucky. You just born that way or think that way or whatever. And I was like, bitch, no, what are you talking about? I have created like the greatest habits that are like non-negotiables in my life to get me to the point that I can remember those things when it's really shitty. And I can do those things even when I have zero motivation to do them. So thank you for saying that. So sell the business, decide that you're going to serve people. And what was the first thing? Was it like you said, it was the mentorship, but did you write the book? Did you start the community? Like, what does that all look like? Um, well, uh, the first thing was, uh, it, and shortly after all that happened, right, like the pandemic uh, hit. And so we're like everybody, I was stuck at home. Um, but I was never into, um, I was never into social media. Like we were, we were into social media for the business, but I personally yeah. wasn't because I wanted to hide away from it. But I had this draw to like share some of my thought leadership on social media. So that was, that was first. And uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um yeah. And so I started sharing and I started connecting and I thought, I just go, I'll connect with uh, all the other founders in the natural products industry and and here's the tool. Uh, And, but then take it offline and offer to have a a coffee chat with them and, and, uh, and understand if I could help them. Uh, And my opening line is like, how can I help you? You know, and people are like, (laughs) uh, you know, it'd be great if you can, you know, understand what's going on in the business. So yeah, I literally over the last three and a half years have had over a thousand conversations with, oh, uh, with cool. entrepreneurs. so that it, that was the start of it. Um, but then through those conversations, I started to, um, uh, realize people needed things like, um, Oh, they asked like, you know, do you have a, a copy of an investment presentation deck? I'm sure I have that or, or, you know, ha, ha, a budget template. Yeah, I have that. And so I was, I was sending these out to, to these founders by email and then my friend Greg Fleischman and I, um, who's also in the natural products industry and has also been very successful in business, thought, well, why don't we just make it so it's like self-serve? And, and it started off as like a Dropbox folder, but now it's fatafleischman.org. So uh, full website uh, that base, that has all of our forms, tools, and templates that we've used to grow our business to nine figures and, uh, and, and exit the businesses successfully. Uh, free for entrepreneurs. So unbelievable. You guys, we're going to put the link to that in the show notes for sure. So be sure to get that. It's fatafleischman.com. You know, when I saw the Fleischman part, do you know who Dan Fleischman is? No. Oh, he's like, you know, like a billion dollar entrepreneur. It's like, oh my God, you're tied to him too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, Greg Fleischman's very, been very successful. M- multiple businesses grown to nine figures and nine figure actors in, in the natural oh, products cool. space. But uh, yeah, fatafleischman.org. And, uh, and, and so it, you know, we've had over 10,000 uh, entrepreneurs access the, uh, access the toolbox. It's free. You know, one of our things, b- because people charge for these things like, oh yeah, so nine, $99 a month and you can access these, uh, these different things to help your business. When, when I was like, no, entrepreneurs need that for free. And it's been written up in Forbes and, uh, and there's still thousands thousands of entrepreneurs on the regular that are that are using it so it that that was kind of my first 
uh, math, I'll call mass mentorship, uh, uh, give back, which is more one to many because I can impact all these entrepreneurs that maybe I don't have a chance to, to connect with one, one by one. And then from there, I just started, I had all these itch, you know, I was like, Oh, I, I, uh, I have all these great relationships with world-class founders. I should have conversations with them, record them and share them out in a podcast. And so that's how the founder to mentor podcast launched in, in uh, it's been about two years now. Um, and so I've had about 75 episodes of, uh, of just people that have grown some incredible businesses and, and like, what was their personal growth story? What, how did, how did they do it? And, and be able to share that. So other entrepreneurs and, and, and people that are even aspiring entrepreneurs can, can learn from that. Um, and I started writing the unstoppable entrepreneur newsletter and the book has been on my to-do list for over a decade. It's almost since it's almost right after I started the business, I realized, well, you know, I'm a high school dropout uh, turned entrepreneur uh, that had this weight loss uh, journey and, and, and turned it into a business. Like that's pretty unique. And, and I've always found like, I wanted to share that message because um, you know, so many people think that, and this is changing now, we talked about earlier, but so many people think that you, there's, a, there's a conventional path for success. You know, you got to have rich parents, you got to go to the Ivy League school and, and so on and so on. But so many of us don't live like that. And so I want to be a voice for someone to say, you can you can change every aspect of your life. You can, you can create success in, in, in your business or, or, or your career. Um, you just have to do the hard work. You got to be focused. And, and, uh, and what I, I like the term. You got to create your your best day ever, and so finally put that to uh, to pen during the pen to paper during the pandemic, and and the and grow twelve unconventional lessons for becoming an unstoppable entrepreneur launched uh, early this year in March. That's awesome! Congratulations, so cool. I will definitely be getting that. Um, one of the things that you talked about, um, I don't know where I I don't know if I listened to it on your podcast or read it on your social media or whatever, but you said that there's a big difference between. Um, and I don't know the exact verbiage that you said, but it was something along the lines of like really learning how to be, be a CEO. And I think that that's something that a lot of people who start a business and tell me if you feel like this is true, but a lot of people who start a business and have, you know, even half the amount of success that you've had find being a CEO is extremely difficult. Um, my husband is in that position, you know, started a company, um, you know, 25 years ago and basically now has grown it to eight figures. And it is a <laughs> learning to manage 200 people and be the CEO of that size of a business is something that, you know, he's never done before. So what do you think are some of the best kind of tips or takeaways to being a great CEO? Yeah, I, I think the uh, I I say I'm a born entrepreneur, but a made CEO. Correct. Born, That's what you said. It was fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, I, was I, I born, forgot that. Yeah, I was a born entrepreneur because you know I grew up poor and I, I always was looking to wait like how do I make money and that's how do exactly I, my husband. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, but you know, when learn that you know it's one thing to be an entrepreneur and a founder and, and start growing a business, but yeah, when you have a when the business gets larger and you have a, a formalized team. Um, you need you 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 need to learn what being a good CEO uh, it, it looks like, and then and then and then put those processes into your business, and uh, uh, and it's a struggle, uh, especially you know that part. I was never formally educated, um, and so I I I started reading books, uh, every kind of book uh, on on personal development and on what makes a world class CEO. Um, also, I'm a big believer in in peer to peer mentorship, and Absolutely. so YPO, which we kind of started at the beginning of the episode, like has been fundamental to my personal growth. Understanding that, 
you know, all these other executives, um, especially if they're a founder that 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 had to really turn into an executive, um, are, have these similar struggles. Like, how do you how do you create culture in your business? How how do you become a better leader? Uh, you know, how do you strategically plan and and bring everyone along with it? And and uh, and so now, you know, after twenty five years uh, of growing a business and and going through kind of the full life cycle of the business, uh, it's become more one of my expertise and 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 I've been I became really passionate about governance and although I don't uh, look to operate a business I'd rather support other entrepreneurs um, I do play a, a a role as a as a board member and 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 chair the board and and I've, I've done a lot of work over that both um, for profit and nonprofit. Uh, and so I think you, like anything in life, you need a good example to follow. Um, and, and then you need a community, uh, a peer group, I, ideally of people going through a similar. Um, and, uh, a, a, and that's the best way to kind of up your skills um, because you're going to, you're going to need it. You're like even successful entrepreneurs, as soon it, it seems like as soon as you get to about 10 million in sales, uh, you have more to lose than gain. If you don't, if you're not a good CEO and, and, and understand like what running good business process is like. This is a kind of a, I don't know if it's a random question or not, but did you become the CEO of that company or did you hire out that position? So, so I, I, Foods. yeah, I mean, I, I maintained the CEO position until, so we, we actually, we had two transactions with the business in, in 2015, we sold the majority of the company. So we got a private equity sponsor into the business. Um, and then um, I acquired one of my friends' companies uh, a year later, and then a year after that, uh, I transitioned to, uh, to to the vice chair of the board, and and we hired a uh, we hired a CEO. Um, uh, but from you know zero to hundred million dollars, uh, I went through that journey, and, uh, oh, wow. and I just I it was a um, it was constant learning for me, you know, yeah. and. Uh, uh, and it was, and and so I became a big fan and and a big believer in continuous improvement in every aspect of life, which is kind of my personal brand now. It's like it, around grow, you know, and growth, personal growth, professional growth. Everyone can do it. Uh, it it's a lot of hard work, um, but all you need is like, what's a good example, a world class example, and then go and like follow that, uh, and you can find your own success and and then continue on that success, I believe, to kind of any height. And you hear that story, you know, yeah. janitor to CEO, you know, <laughs> and uh, and it's possible for everybody. I think that that's so cool that you're saying that that's truly possible for everyone. And and like Mike is an example and you guys go find tens of thousands of examples. I have a, I have like three clients who are in their twenties and they just are all so amazing to me. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't learn half the shit that you know now until I was in my thirties. But you know, one of the things that one of my clients, she's young, she's like 27 and she's extremely successful in real estate. And for her, there's been a big gap in the belief that she can be a successful as she is. And I told her, I was like, go find anyone who's younger than you that is making 50 times as much as you and has like skyrocketed because it's just proof that it exists. It's proof that it is possible because I think sometimes we feel like we're the only ones or we feel like that, like that upper limiting belief comes in. And so I love what you said there about like, find the people who have already done it. Like it is so possible, no matter what your situation, a single mother, poor high school dropout, like Mike is proof it is possible and there is someone out there. Go ahead. I know you want to say something. Yeah, no, I, I, I it, it, the, the thing is that 
And I kind of learned this in, in my forties. I wish I learned it earlier, but, uh, <laughs> I wish uh, I learned all the shit earlier. Yeah, like, <laughs> like we're, we're all, we're all, we're all going to experience imposter syndrome at, at every new aspect of growth in our life. It's just, it's, it's a feeling it happens. Um, it, it kind of, it's, it's the test of, uh, of pushing through and the perseverance of something new. Um, and I've seen it not only in myself, but in so many different other entrepreneurs and founders, but even people that worked with me, like, like promoting someone from a supervisor to a manager. And they literally would come in after and say like, you know, I, I think I, I, I tricked you into thinking that I was good enough for a manager. I was like, no, you're good enough. And you're like, you know, you're going to, you, that doesn't mean you're perfect. You got to jump in and, and, and learn and continue to grow. But like that imposter syndrome feeling is, is real in all of us. And, and, uh, um, you know, I'm a big believer into of like fake it till you make it. Like embody, believe you could do something, get some great example of what that looks like, and just go in there and 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 try to try to to replicate that. Um, and but you have to combat those feelings of like I'm not good enough, and you know, people are people are going to think like I'm going to get exposed to like I can't do this. And I even felt it as I transitioned into I was like literally about to ask you that question because I want everyone to hear Mike sold his company for 419 million and then he becomes like a mentor to someone. Did you or did you not have that feeling when you went yeah. from founder to mentor? 100%. I, I, I thought, well, two things that, and you know, so we, I'm fortunate that I've had three nine-figure exits, two two in Manitoba Harvest. We sold majority first, and then and then we had the $419 million exit. Uh, but then one of my first portfolio companies that I invested in and chaired the board, um, we we uh, we we found success, and we had a $125 million sale of the company last year in pretty quick, short order. It was like three and a half years. But when I left Manitoba Harvest, I thought, oh, my worst fear. Yeah, I've had success in business, but I'm never going to be able to do that again. And then when I did it again, I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, that was just a feeling. But then I got into mentorship and and I thought to myself, and I would literally be on calls and in the back of my head, I'm like, who am I to say that I'm a mentor? You know, and like I'm, I'm putting out that I'm a mentor and 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 what I know, I know things about business. And 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 I had to calm that. And I and the way that I did it was just say, listen. I don't have to be any certain way. I'm 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 putting so much love into this. All I have to do is really take the time to understand what the founder or entrepreneur is going through, where they're at in their business cycle. Um, I have a lot of experience there that I can relate to it and just let them know what I would do if I was in their situation. You know, don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them what's right and wrong. It's not all that any kind of like, just, just share what I would do if I was in their situation. And that's hugely helpful for people. And that, that after a number of calls that calmed my, um, that calmed my imposter syndrome and now I have the confidence, but I could tell you like it happened in every project when I, when I wrote the book, who am I now? Now I'm an author. And like, and so I'm going to, I'm going to tell to the world that I'm an author. Yeah. And so like going from imposter syndrome feeling to the confidence in it is, is a matter of reps. It is Absolutely. really like getting, getting in, like the first time I went, it brings me back to the first time I went to the gym. I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do it. You know, you go to the gym a hundred times or a thousand times and you go, Hey, it's, it's, uh, it's just part of me and I can't turn it off. Yeah. Just like Mike said, confidence, like I've been saying it on this podcast for years, confidence is a muscle. The more that you use it, the stronger it becomes. And, you know, I was feeling the same way with Mike this morning. I mean, I make 419,000. Mike exited for 419 million. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like who am I to be interviewing Mike this morning? But I just, 
I knew that it's a conversation with another human being who's had some amazing success in his life. And worst case scenario, I'm going to leave this podcast with so much value to give to another human being. And, you know, one thing that I believe as a person of faith is it's never about me. Like there's, it's like, as long as I put the fact that it's never about me a front of the fact that it's always of service to someone else. I mean, I can talk to a guy who was 419 billion. Like to me, you know what I mean? It's just that, but if you keep that in your mind and just like, we all have those nerves, but are you willing to do it? Are you willing to step over the nerves to do something great? And, you know, I've absolutely loved getting to talk to you this morning. So, um, everyone, you guys, he has a free toolbox of the FATA Fleischman.org. He has his book grow. His podcast is phenomenal. I mean, I went through, I didn't listen to, you know, all 60 something episodes you have, but I recognize so many of the companies. You guys go check out the podcast. I really love the one with Tara Bosch. I've actually written her a couple of times to have her on the podcast. It's really cool. Like just being a female from Canada. I think that that's so cool that she created that company. Um, before we leave, you know, one of the questions that I always ask guests on the podcast is, was there ever a decision that you were nervous to make. And once you did make it, how did it end up becoming either the best or the worst decision you could make? Mm. Yeah, that, well, probably the the biggest one that came to mind is is really um, putting myself out there. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about like, I wasn't into social media. I was actually, I was a little bit scared to like put myself out there to the world. And um, it was, it was a, focused decision saying I'm going to do this and and what I realized after the fact was it was it was a multitude of things and I think others will get this as well um it was therapy for me you know sharing like my hard times and what I've been through is very much like it is when I'm in my therapist's office as soon as the words come out of my mouth or they get printed onto LinkedIn or whatever it discharges it for me and um and and i and i feel better about myself i feel more confident but at the same time this this inpouring of all of these people that that say like i you know my message is helpful for them and you know it's twofold then um uh, and so that it took me a long time to get over the like fear of putting myself out there but it's been the best thing that i've done and and, and that's why i encourage other entrepreneurs but just in general like don't don't hide away in your in your corner like shine your light get out there put yourself out there uh it, it it's so challenging to uh to to start and do but it's so rewarding after you you have a number of reps under your belt that's awesome another question that came to me quickly is what's next for you obviously you love what you're doing now but is there anything personally or professionally that you're really excited about yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to scratch more itches, and uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to put together this entrepreneurship TV show. Um, oh, cool! Uh, it'll be live on social media to uh, to start, and and uh, Momentum Makers um, is the uh, is the show, and um, um, just helping other other founders. So, kind of the lens for me uh, because I. I, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm still a recovering entrepreneur, so I'm not fit to run a business. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if that'll ever happen again, but, uh, but I do like supporting entrepreneurs and I have a portfolio of companies, but for the rest of founders that I, that I support and help out, I like what's different ways that I can do that. And, and so I have, I have these itches. The next one is that show and, uh, and we're right in the middle of putting it all together. So cool. You guys, please do you, I know that you show up um, somewhat on Instagram. I'm a little bit more on Instagram, but you're more of a LinkedIn guy. Is there anywhere else where we can find you? 
Yeah, I kind of I have all the socials like MikeFata.ca, M-I-K-E-F-A-T-A.ca. It kind of has all things me, and uh, uh, and I am on kind of all the social platforms. I just don't hang out there a lot, and I haven't got to a place. I do all my own socials, so I haven't hired a company to go and do posting and stuff for me. So I really enjoy LinkedIn. I'm on there every day. It's probably my most creative space, and uh, and Instagram. Uh, um, I've gone kind of through uh, uh, stints of of feeling like I'm posting there, but I am conscious to how much I'm online and how much yeah. I'm walking in nature and and, uh, and living real life uh, for me as well. But uh, people can definitely find me uh, out in the social sphere. I love it. Absolutely. Well, I walk every day too. I mean, my God, you have to be outside. You have to breathe that air. And dear God, if you don't, I'm a psycho person. So thanks so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And you guys be sure to go follow Mike on all of the uh, social platforms. Go follow him, go listen to his podcast. Fantastic founder to mentor and uh, check out that toolbox. If you need it, grab his book, grow. We'll put all of those links in the show notes. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.